I'm depressed, I'm a fool, I'm a mess But my first priority is never second best Driving down PCH with the fans Welcome to the second episode of Freak in the Mom Jeans um, This is Megan, the before stated Freak in the Mom Jeans So my last episode, or the first episode I should say I think I basically was just trying to define what this is going to be. Um, And so to summarize it within this, it would be basically that my life is a mess and that I've done a lot of things and that I just felt the need to document them in the form of this podcast. And hopefully my overriding hope is that there are some lessons to be learned from these and that it can help someone who is just starting out dating or just starting out trying to figure out what they want in life. Um, Because like I said last time, I have no idea. I don't know what I want. But I think talking through it is very helpful. And yeah, it's interesting because now that people have listened to the first episode and have come to me with their opinions, their thoughts, I appreciate all of it. I really do. I... um, I'm a journalism major and one of the main reasons I'm a journalism major is just because I love talking to people. I love communicating with people. I find it so interesting just hearing other people's stories and so I think that's kind of why I started this is I just wanted an outlet to tell my stories and have a way to talk to people and just yeah I don't know just see all the shit that everyone's going through because I think it's so interesting but Going back to the first episode, I want to make something clear that I think is really important. And, you know, I was talking to my mom about this because, yeah, my mom did listen, uh, which is, you know, I knew she would. Um, We've gotten really close over this past year, and I'm glad that she listened to it. I think it's important for parents. I don't think everybody's parents are like this, and I, I wish they were, but she's very open to talking about things. And I mean, she'll still tell me when she thinks I'm doing something dumb or stupid, which I appreciate because most of the time it is dumb or stupid, but uh, I am thankful that she'll talk to me about it. And so she did listen to the first episode and something that we talked about that I think is really important to me too is that something I live by is the fact that I have found out that I have to be able to laugh about things because if I don't laugh about things, I'll cry about things. And I just, I just can't live my life like that. I really cannot. Um, and so I'm really focusing on laughing about it and I want this podcast to be funny and I want the stories to be entertaining because yeah, I I want them to be entertaining. I want people to want to listen, but I also want to make it clear that I, I realize that these are mistakes that I've made and I realize that these are things that I, I'm not trying to repeat. I'm trying to learn from them, which, God, I am not perfect. And I know that it's going to, like, a lot of these stories are going to be from not that long ago. So, uh, obviously, I haven't learned that much. But I do want to make it clear that I'm trying to learn from them and that I'm not just going out and trying to create chaos within my life. Um, And it is my overriding hope that these stories that are, albeit funny and weird and just weird, um, will help other people maybe read situations better because I just didn't, I think the thing is growing up, I didn't have really anyone in my life who was older that I heard stories from where I was like, oh, I didn't know that was even a thing I should think about. 
And so I got into situations and didn't know how to respond to them. Um, or like, what is the, what boundaries should I set? I didn't even know what boundaries to set for myself, which, you know, I mean, maybe people, I guess that's why people have religion and use religion as a baseline, but I, I don't, I, um, I'm not, I don't consider myself anything. I just, uh, I have my own set of morals and a compass that I use. And so, but sometimes I don't have an answer for things. And so I just respond to them in the moment and it's not always right. So I guess I want to hopefully, maybe I'll be that, ugh, I don't want to be like your mom or your mentor. I just want to be someone who's like, here's the shit that went on. Here's what I did. Maybe it wasn't the best, but like, mm, I mean, this is what I did. And I just want you to know. And maybe if you're in a situation like this one, you'll be like, oh, I really shouldn't do what Megan did in that situation. That was really, could have been a messy ending. So, um, so with all that being said, let me jump into the first story. And, uh, this first story is really a doozy of a story. It, and it, I think it's so much of a doozy because you have to realize that this happened when I was 18. This was the summer after my senior year of high school and like I said in the last podcast, I was just at that point where I felt behind and I felt like I needed to just, I'd never been on a date. Like, I mean, yeah, I definitely never been on a date. Uh, there were, uh, there was this guy, uh, I played tennis in high school. Um, I was so sporty. Um, and I was obsessed with him. Like I thought for sure it was going to happen. Like we were going to go on a date at some point. Um, and it just, it didn't happen. Um, and so once I was out of high school and I was like, oh shit, I don't even have any options anymore. I really need to like cast the net wide, you know? So what I do, I got on Tinder and it kind of started as a joke. I didn't really think, I never heard of anyone going actually on a Tinder date. You know what I mean? I mean, And maybe this is still a thing. Sometimes I'll talk to people and be like, oh, are you on Tinder? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, so have you ever like, gone out with anyone? No, no, no. Like, definitely not. Um, and I don't know what it was, but I just, uh, I got on there. And at first I was like, oh, I'm just going to talk to a few people. And that maybe that'll just give me some confidence. But I started talking to this one guy and I was just like, you know what? Like, he's not that far away. Like, let's just make it happen. It's going to happen. And I don't remember exactly. Like, I think he was the one who initiated like an actual meeting point. And so me, um, you know, I, I wasn't completely dumb. I did. Um, we chose a public place to meet at and, um, we ended up going to a movie, a horror movie. I was very excited. And I went, it was, God, I feel like he was way, I don't know what I had my distance setting set to, but he was a minute away, let me tell you. And so we met halfway and I still had to drive, I think like 20 or 30 minutes. And mind you, I'm still living at my parents' house at this time. And I didn't, I wasn't about to tell my mom that I'm going to meet this stranger from the internet. Um, so I just didn't tell her, uh, sorry, mom. And so... (laughs) I met him at the movie theater and you know what? It went great or as good as that can go. It was still really awkward. Once again, it was the first date I'd been on and the first Tinder date I'd been on. A lot was happening at one time and it was good. I want to say we held hands. 
and I thought that was so cute. I was like, oh shit, this boy must really like me, must really think I'm cute, must really think I'm something. <laughs> um, and I remember he was like two years older, he was in college, and so that, you know, that date went went great without a hitch, and then I went back home, and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I'm so excited. Well, then, you know, then the planning for the second date starts to happen, and, uh, and this time it's like, he, he's offering to drive me to Atlanta, because he, like, went to school in downtown, and I'm like, and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know, Megan, like, really don't, you've only met him one time, you really shouldn't get in his car, um, but at the same time, I met him, and I felt like he was just so, like, I, and I felt no, it didn't feel risky, you know what I mean, like, I didn't feel like it was gonna go a certain, like, a bad way, and feel the, I didn't feel like I was getting kidnapped or anything, I mean, he was pretty scrawny, I feel like I could have taken him if worse came to worse, but, um, you know, so we decide to meet up in the town right next to me, and he's gonna, you know, once I'm there and parked, we're gonna go in his car the rest of the way to Atlanta, so about, like, a mm, 30, 45 minute drive. And once again, I'm, like, thinking this is going to be so good. Like, he was so cute. He was so kind. Like, felt like we had a lot in common. Even though, looking back, we really didn't. Um, I think we were both lonely. I think we definitely had that in common. So, that's always good. But, so, he, we get in his car. And I don't even remember what car he had. It was, I mean, it was, it was, like, a, your typical dude car. It was a white car. Um, could have been a Honda. Could have been a... I don't know. I don't know cars. Anyway, it was something. It looked fine. It was a little gross, but it was a dude's car. So we go, and once again, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to go so well. And, like, in my mind, I'm already picturing, you know, us. Like, how are we going to make this work? I'm going to Nashville, and is it going to be long distance? We've gone on one date. I don't know what had me thinking this was going anywhere. Anyway, we go to downtown, we go to this cute little shopping center, I'm so excited, and uh, we get there, and we just walk around for a while, and then it starts to slowly wash over me that this is, the, he is, I don't want to say he's boring, I don't know where he's at now, he might not be boring, but he just, I don't know, there was nothing there, we were holding hands, and I was just like, I don't really want to hold your hand, dude, like, I'm kind of over this, I just want to go home and, um, like, watch Netflix or something, but, oh, let me also say, I had told, so my mom didn't know I was in downtown Atlanta with this boy, um, I had told my two best friends that I was going on this date. I, like, gave them, tell them where we were going. I gave them his full name, his phone number, like, in case anything went down. I was thinking this, you know, you have to know I was thinking a little bit. Um, and so we go on this date, and by the end of it, I'm just like, I just want to go home. I'm just so done. Like, and I, I could tell he felt the same way. Like, I think mutually we were both just like, this is, mm, 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 this ain't going anywhere. This is a good little day, but it's time to move on. And so we get in his car to go back home. And I'm just like, oh, thank God I'm going to be home in, you know, like an hour. And I never, we never have to talk again. It's so simple. Um, <laughs> little did I know. So then we're just driving, you know, and uh, we're on the highway. It's in the middle of summer, so it's like 
95 degrees or something like that and I'm just like we're getting close to that exit we're almost there like I can see the end in sight we're just trying to make friendly conversation at this point just being like yeah like I mean I can't wait for school to start like I can't wait to move anyway and then all of a sudden we're about to get off onto my exit I can see the finish line and and I just it's so vivid in my mind the car begins to slow down and not in a way of like he's pressing on the brakes but it's like dude we're on a highway like why is your car slowing down like you should not be hitting those brakes like that and he I look over to him and he looks at me and he says it won't accelerate (sighs) and I wish you could see my face at the moment he said that it was I just I I couldn't like comprehend it, but I also was like, okay, this like I need to respond quickly to this. This is not something I can just sit here and bask in how terrible this is. So I was like, okay, get like get over into the emergency lane, like get over. And he's like, okay, okay. And his car is still slowing down at a it, so quickly it's slowing down. That's an oxymoron, but it was. I can't even tell you how quickly it was going from we were going like 75 and all of a sudden we're, we're hitting that 15 mile per hour mark. Thank God he got the car over to the emergency lane just in time as it completely comes to a stop. And I like, it's so weird driving on the roads of Atlanta now because there are not that many places where the emergency lane is big enough for you to actually pull your car over into. And this one was just big enough. I mean, we were sitting on the white line and all I, the most vivid thing I can remember is the car just shaking. Like every time a car was going by, it was, we were feeling it. And I am just sitting there like, oh my God, like I, we're just stranded here and it's 95 degrees. His car is like, just won't even turn on at this point. And he is just sitting there like confused. And I go, dude, um, so like, and he just doesn't seem to know what to do at all. And I'm like, so do you have insurance? He goes, yeah, I'm, yeah, I I think my family has insurance. Mind you, this is a 20 year old boy. I'm an 18 year old girl. Um, just, you know, out here just trying to go on a, go on a date. And, uh, I'm like, okay, so at this point, I proceed to literally open, uh, open the little, words, what is the thing that you open, just the drawer that's in front, like, on the car, open it up, I literally grab his insurance card out, I'm like, yes, you do have insurance, honey, like, here it is, um, and then proceed to show him the number to call, to call AAA, he calls them, And it's not sounding very promising. It's sounding like it's going to be at least an hour and a half to two hour wait. Mind you, my mom doesn't know where I am. She thinks I'm at the mall with my friends, which is the lamest excuse in the book, but it really is what I told her and she seemed to believe it. And at this point, we've been sitting here for like 15 minutes and call both of my friends. Both of them are unavailable to come and pick me up, which I'm not even sure how they would have picked me up because I'm literally stranded on the side of a highway. And I like, I'm not sure that I 
had enough knowledge at the time about Atlanta roads to tell them where I was. So all I know is that I'm stranded on the side of this highway. It's 95 degrees and I'm with a boy that I've met one other time and that if I die, my obituary is going to say she died on a Tinder date and I just can't handle that reality. So while we're sitting there, all those state farm trucks that you always see on the road, I mean, at least five to six of them pull up behind us. Um, just like every 20 minutes or so. And they would come and knock on the window and we knew that the AAA was coming. So we'd be like, oh, like, no, we don't. And I was having to communicate all this. For some reason, this boy was in some comatose state and was unable to communicate. So I was doing all of this communication being like, oh no, they're coming. Like, don't, it's all good. Like, we're going to be fine. Which in the back of my mind, I'm like, we're not fine. We're going to die. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We're fine. Um, and so eventually this last state farm one comes up and for some reason I was just like, he, he was really kind and was like, look, let me just look at the car and if it's something fixable where you guys can get to an exit, like you can just get to the exit. I'm like, oh, that sounds so nice. I would love that more than anything. He takes one look at it, comes back and says, yeah, that's a, that's your transmission. And I go, as soon as he's like, says that I'm like, oh, honey. I'm so sorry. And this boy literally doesn't even know what a transmission is. He's like, oh, what is that? What does that mean? I go, I mean, it means that basically you're going to have to get a new car. Like, I hate to break it to you. I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, being your Tinder date and all, but you're going to have to splurge on a new vehicle. And so as the State Farm dude is walking away, because we told him, you know, they're Triple A is supposedly coming an hour and a half in. They're supposedly coming. Um, he goes, yeah, just make sure you guys are uh, buckled up because a lot of times people get hit in this lane and they go flying out of the vehicle. I kid you not, that's what he said. And I just, at that point, that's when I hit my lowest point. <laughs> Maybe not my lowest point, but close to my lowest point of life where I was just like, I can't, how have I allowed myself to get into this situation where I'm, on the side of a highway with a boy, I don't, I, I like, uh, ugh. but you know, we make sure our seatbelts are fastened and the state farm guy leaves. And at this point we're realizing the, um, AAA is probably not gonna be there anytime soon or like their estimated, estimated time was completely off. So he's like, okay, I'm going to call my dad. And I'm just like, at this point, please call your dad. Please. Because I I know I can't call my mom. That is not going to end well for any of us. Um, so he calls his dad and his dad is like, yo, what's up? And he's like, yeah, so I'm stranded on the side of the highway. And um, he's, uh, and I don't think he mentioned that I was in the car at all. Um, and his dad's like, okay, I'm coming. Like, he sounded like pretty angry, which I understand. Um, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was a work day. Um, so he was having to figure out like coming off of work. Well, eventually probably like 30, 45 minutes later, the dad arrives and wait for it, his white minivan. (laughs) And I am just like, all I want to do at this point is just I don't want to die because I feel like I was very close to death um, already, but I just want to crawl into a hole and not be there. And so, you know, I we go to his dad's car and his dad's like, oh, who's this? 
and he's like, oh, this is just my friend. I'm like, yeah, honey, you best believe we're just friends. I'm never, we're never speaking again after this. So suffice to say, I have the most awkward car ride of my entire life as he, this as the dad is taking me back to my car, which thank God he took me back to his car. He was, they were talking about going to the dealership and all this stuff. And I was like, can I please, can you please just take me to my car? Like my mom, I need to get home. And, um, so at this point I'm like texting my mom being like, Oh, you know, like, Oh mom. Yeah. The mall's so much fun. I'll be home in like, mm, you know, 45 minutes, like be home soon. See ya. Love ya. Uh, not leaving any indication that there's anything wrong. Um, and so he did, he took me back to my car, God bless the man, uh, in the white minivan, and then the boy proceeds to walk me to my car, he got out of the car and walked me to it, and for some odd reason, I feel like he was going in for some sort of, like, I don't know if he was going in for a kiss, but I was like, "Mm -mm, honey, my first kiss is not about to be with the boy that didn't even know what a transmission was, um, And so he goes in for a hug. We hug. I get into my car. I treated myself to a Starbucks because I said, bitch, you didn't die today. And then I went home, acted like nothing happened uh, to my family, and proceeded to never talk to that boy again. But yeah, so just know that was my first date. Or, I mean, it wasn't my first date. We went out once. But that was my second date. And I think this speaks volumes to maybe this should have been my indication that I shouldn't go on another Tinder date, but, um, based on what you've heard, I think you can tell I've been on a few more since then, but, uh, yeah, that was the first one, the first of many, and maybe the worst, only because I was just so young, and I had never been, felt like I was that close to just have, yeah, Having to be life-lighted, perhaps, if we had gotten hit. So, yeah. <laughs> I think the, I think looking back on this story and talking about it, I, the biggest lesson here is maybe just, I don't know that I could have changed really the situation other than just, no, I mean, it's interesting. Looking back on that, I feel like I didn't do anything necessarily wrong. Like, I told my friends where I was going to go. Maybe ensuring that I could have somebody who could get me if I needed to. Also, being willing to talk to your family when you might be putting yourself in terrible situations like that. You know, I really could have cut down my time on the highway if I just called my mom. But I was just so embarrassed and so distraught and so scared that she would be angry at me that I wouldn't reach out to her. Um, I would now. Um, although she lives in Atlanta and I'm in Nashville, so it wouldn't really be that helpful. But I think all of that to say, make sure you have someone who you can count on to get you. Um, if you're going to put yourself in a situation where you're with someone you don't really know and you're going somewhere where you don't really know where you're going. Um, but yeah, so that is Tinder date numero uno. Um, and this has been just the very start of freaking the mom jeans. Um, hope you guys enjoyed listening and uh, talk to you later. And that's all, folks. <laughs> Ta-ta now.